I'm sick of my boobs tasting like Kiev's now. <laughs> Had enough of it. I ate a jam donut to try and change things. Didn't. This is still what my life is like. That sounds like a problem. Mm. Mm. turtle on the Google today. You googled a turtle? No, no, the two. The, you know how the picture on the Google is never the, the original logo anymore? So this is turtle. Oh. This makes sense. Don't mind me. Okay, you good? Yeah. You worried about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, howdy there, stranger. You caught me and my sage hand here in the middle of an old wives' tale tour around this hip fire. Say, you look awful worse for wear there, fella. Why don't you pull up a stump, get some snatch, and have a yarn with us? Around these parts, they call me by my name. Toby the Polar. And this woman I'm soft down on is Kyle. And sure as a gun, we're talking about a hard case of a man. He's a hero to some, a villain to others. And wherever he rode, people spoke his name in whispers. His name was Jonah Hex. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna start crying. Why is it that bad? <laughs> it was so good, it was so well done. I took two iPads, ladies and future boys, and I welcome you to another episode of The School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that's giving itself tongue calluses. Uh, I already gave the introductions, but I don't trust my accent, so I'll remind you that I am Toby. And I'm here with Kyle. I am here. As I said, today we are talking about the scar of the Old West. The... This cat. There's no sand on the sides. You can't prove that. I'll wait till I get up before you finish. Don't worry. Is it still salvageable? I don't think I'll be able to line it up again. Yeah, it's fine. Where do I restart then? Uh, salvage the old bust. Ah, alright. Okay, you ready? And, as I said, today we are talking about the Scar of the Old West, the Devil of the Old West. Uh, he doesn't have as many fancy names as, like, the, you know, the Scarlet Speedster. You know, he doesn't have any of those. <laughs> the Crimson the Comet. <laughs> okay. Jonah Woodson Hex. All right. Uh, before we jump on in, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us let you know you're out there. And email us. Yeah, at... com. At gmail.com. That one. Great. Um, Kai, what do you know about Jonah Hex before we started this he is a man. He is a cowboy. 
his best friends with the lady that likes to swear. Sometimes. And he has a somewhat good, terrible film from, I think, the 90s. It's like 2010, maybe. It's not nearly as old as you'd think. Yeah, but I'm still getting used to the fact that, you know, 2010 was 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Also, I'm not counting this year. No, fair enough. Man, we got some sick beats today. Mm. So yeah, not a lot. Alright, all my knowledge of Jonah Hex is very easily, like, mentally documented. There was no rumblings until there was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was this old podcast that's probably completely lost to time now called DCR. Which was, for legal reasons, Distressed Citizens Radio, or DC Recap. Mm. Um, every week, the, these, these guys would read what came out. Like, they would split it between the four of them, every new release in the new 52. Yeah. So, it was handy when I was just starting to get into comics, because I was able to keep track of books that I wasn't reading, or what was about to come out. Um, if there's crossovers. Yeah, any build-ups or events that would affect my books, I would always be up on. And um, the passion and recommendations they would give occasionally sold me on a few titles. Because I, when the New 52 started, I was maybe two comics in, and that was my jumping-in point. Yeah. So I just grabbed random titles to see what would work, like Nightwing and Flash and stuff. But they would help me pick and choose. Like I would follow what they like. In a certain way, like when you get used it's to like a, a critic, you know, yeah. Um, and that's how I discovered the Red Lanterns, um, Charles Soule's writing, um, and that's how I discovered Jonah Hex. Um, I picked up like the last issue to like show my support to the character that I'd enjoyed hearing about as he was wrapping up. Yeah, I think it was issue thirty-five. He made it to. That's a pretty good run for a cowboy book that no one seems to know about. Yeah, and the reason of this pretty yeah. good run. Um, yeah, and I, like, oh, no shit, like, I liked it. Like, it was it was a good issue. I, um, it had its overarching stuff, because the New 52 pretty much made that a legal mandate. Yeah. But it still had this element of, like, every issue had its own, like, story in it. There was overarching themes, that's fine, but this was an adventure. Yeah. A bit like Venture Bros is for us. Every episode is an episode, but you watch them together and it... Pieces of a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it did that really well. Um, and it had all that. It had the charm. All the characters in it are well-written. It was all Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and I think the late Darwin Cook was doing a lot of the art. Um, so, like, I might not do westerns. I've never seen a Clint Eastwood film. <laughs> but I'm, I've always wagged, waved the Jonah Hex flag ever since, you know? Um... Look, we've we've all got our favourites of different things. And I haven't read all of the work he's in. Yeah. But I've never really read a bad one. You were saying that earlier, and I was like... "Mm." That's usually a good sign. I mean, there's... there's That or you just haven't read anything. Maybe I've just been lucky. I don't know, but... Yeah. Um, Now, the creators. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't find much information about John Albano. 
but he was a, an award-winning comic book writer in both drama and humor, which I think translates to like some of the dry humor of Jonah yeah. as a character. Um, he worked on a lot of varied series. Like that's the thing that I found interesting when I was trying to research the guys: the vastness. Like he worked on a bit of the James Bond comic. He did a bit of adventure comics, um, which is a series that birthed like heaps of DC characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas Detective in Action only ever gave us like the one main one. Um, he did a little House of Mystery, and he did a little bit All Star Western, which is where we come in, obviously. And then you've got Tony DiZaniga. Okay. It's a tricky one. That's a name and a half. He's a Filipino man, so... That makes a lot more sense. Like, I want to read it Italian-y. Yeah. Because it kind of looks like an Italian last name. But he he contributed a shitload of art for both DC and Marvel, and he paved the way for a lot of artists in his country to break into the industry. That's cool. Like, he came and was doing such nice like work that Carmen Infantino, the DC editor at the time, and a person who's created a bunch of great Batman characters. We've mentioned him a few times. He like went over there and was hiring dudes because this guy was proving that it's not just Americans that can draw things. Yeah. Um, He co-created a character called the Black Orchid, which I thought was a cool name, but then you Google it and it's a a big veiny flower costume. It looks a bit gross. Um, Nice. And I'm bringing him up because one day he was sitting in a doctor's waiting room looking at, you know, the standard anatomy poster, you know, the split down the middle man on one side and the nerves and skeleton yeah. on the other. And he, I, I, I couldn't understand the quote in an interview he gave like 10 years ago. His English ain't great. And I don't think the magazine was in English either. Like it's a rough translation, but the, the point was that, he liked the visual of that. Okay. Yeah. And he, he didn't create Two-Face, but he would later use that idea of, like, the half-face for yeah. Jonah Hex in issue 10 of All-Star Western in 1972. Hmm. Interesting way to come up with facial features, look, but sure. He's just looking at them, that's pretty bitching, I guess. We'll, <laughs> I'll tuck that aside for later. Hmm. Um, once the character came out, he, well, his first appearance is a complicated one because his first full appearance and his first speech bubbles were in commercials for All-Star Western 10. Mm. So it was in the back of like the Batman series and a few others. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, issue issue 10 would be his, um, would you say his canon? I suppose. I don't know how to word it, but it's yeah. he has an adventure in issue 10. I can confirm that. I do find it interesting that like a lot of the stuff we enjoy comes from the back of another book. Like, I don't know. It's just, you know. I mean, All, All Star was just random short stories and, you know, he got advertised as a new piece and he just did really well, like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, he ended up appearing in every single issue of All-Star Western after the fact until issue 38. Yeah. Not because he wasn't popular, because they said, fuck it, took him out of All-Star Western and just made Jonah Hex its own title. Hmm. Which is, you know. Um, and that series ran for 92 issues. 
Which makes me wonder, you know, um, because he was pulled from All-Star and given his own title, yeah. it makes me wonder how many other characters we missed out on having Superman have his own title and stay at action and Batman staying on Detective despite having his own title. Yeah. I don't know if any like amazing characters came from this time at All-Star Western, but the fact that there was variety kind of piqued my interest there for a second, you know what I mean? I understand that, but I don't know. Didn't you enjoy Batman having two titles because you weren't... I preferred Detective because yeah. it's more crime-solving than, look at me, I'm going to punch a villain today. Yeah, I thought that was the But case. it was also super refreshing when it was a Batwoman title for about a year. Mm. And we got the Allig- Allergy. Or Allergy. I don't know how to say it. It's Allegance, but small. No, E-L-E-G-Y. <laughs> Allegri. Hmm. Allegra. You know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> it, really it's, not. It, it's fun to have a break from the headline character sometimes, yeah. just to see what other people do with the title. Yeah. Um. So, uh, unless you're the Nightwing that you've been reading, where they're just like, you can take over, but you no touchy touchy. That's delightful. You get out of here. I, I like that. <laughs> um. So after this Jonah Hex series came and went, um, there was Hex. <sighs> I haven't read any of this one. There this is- might be when I say I have read bad Jonah Hex issues. Oh, yeah. Buckle up for this. So after Crisis on Infinite Earths, the original series, once that happened, they cancelled a bunch of books, including mm-hmm. Jonah Hex. Um, so after a while, they uh, they did Hex. Mm. Uh this had Jonah sent to a post-apocalyptic world, 2050. Um, and it was... I didn't want to copy what I was researching and saying it's very Mad Maxi, But then I thumbed through some of the images and covers. And it's very Mad Maxi. I could have said it's a little fallouty, but no, he's wearing the same leather jacket and metal shoulder pads as Mad Max. Oh. He's got the shotgun. He is the road warrior. And it is... Clearest fucking day, except obviously he's got his uh, face. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to describe that? Because it's going to come up a lot. It's his iconic thing. Is he's got a big face. His face is regular size. It's not a big face. He has a unique I was going to say a big hole, but that's spoiling you explaining it. Okay. So one side of his face is a somewhat chiseled yet weathered cowboy. Usually a Clint Eastwood fucking trace, which I find uncreative because... Let's make a cowboy. Let's make him look like the only cowboy. I mean, there's other cowboys, but he's the main I know, but they did whatever the 70s equivalent of Googling cowboy and just picking the first one would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The other side of his face. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's let's start from the top down. Okay. You get to the eyebrow. Eyebrows usually... It's it's there. Pretty normal. Yeah. You're right. His you forehead's know, his usually forehead, okay. Eyebrow, fine. His eyeball looks like it's popped outside of his eyelids. Mm. No trace of an eyelid whatsoever. No. So the eyeball is sitting outside the eyelid. Probably very dry and sandy, let's be honest. I don't know, he seems to be fine with it. In one of my research things it said he's blind in that eye anyway, it's more just there. Right. That would make sense because it doesn't look I've like definitely it's attached, seen but it's not like the like thing, that. I've seen that eye look down the barrels of, like, sniper rifles and stuff, so I don't know how accurate that is. Okay. 
Then you get to the under eye, which... A cheek. No, 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 like the actual under eye where you conceal the ghost ladies and mm-hmm. men. Anyone that wants to wear it, really, because, you know, I know men that wear concealer regularly. Um, from just underneath the under eye, so the top of the cheek, it's just kind of like a cobweb. Yeah, it's just like... There is. There looks like there's a tendon that joins, like... Which now I know where the image cheek. came from. I'm assuming she those is. were where nerves are, or the muscles no, that move your jaw. Yeah, that's more likely. It's it's whatever was on uh, that uh, diagram originally, I guess. So you you've got like the inner part of his cheek is attached to his chin, and then there's a big hole where you can see all of his teeth. Yeah, he's kind of got those cheek spaces like, that body mod people have these days. Yeah, and and then he's got like his his square jaw. It's a very, like, burn victim hole in the side of his head. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Depending on what artist it is, too, because sometimes it's worse than others. Well, it, look. It, it's, it, it's, it's artist if, choice, this one. If you've ever seen a Two-Face. Yeah. Yeah, it's Two-Face from the eye to the chin. But, well, but that's the thing. I, In most of the Jonah Hex I've, like, read and watched and stuff, it's usually still like flesh colored yeah like whereas harvey is always pink or pink blue or like acid burnt or or blue because yeah. it's an animated series for children and they originally wanted him to be pink and they said you can't have a fucking flesh wound that big for that much screen time and they said oh, blue <laughs> yeah that's fine he's just bubblegum guys don't worry whereas jonah is more like you could kind of be like, you must have fought someone with like a cattle brand or something. Well, that's the thing. It's actually more burned than Two Faces. Like, yeah. As far as like what it would actually look like is. I wonder if you could just like put a fork of meat right into his. Same, and put a cigarette in there, so he can smoke and talk at the same that time. Would see, oh, do you tell it tea a bit? So, so Mad Hex runs for 18 issues, which is longer than a year, Mm. which surprised me because it did terribly in Western cultures, but I will say this, did really good in like Italy, Japan, and Britain. Weird, but sure. Oh yeah, well, after that, the character was shelved for like eight years. Um, like Bruce Wayne had in the Dark Knight Rises film, he had eight years off. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and when he came back, it was under Vertigo instead of DC, which is a more, for, for people who might not know, it's it's more rated M or R. It's usually more magical. That's where your Constantine, your Hellblazer, your Swamp Thing comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a few little miniseries in there. Um, being a Vertigo book, it gave it more room to be gritty and intense because a lot of Jonah Hex was hindered by the comics code. Yeah. Um, so, well, he wasn't in a bullshit Mad Max future now, but it still had to be mystical as well, because it's Vertigo, so we saw him deal with horror elements like zombies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to, like, rush through this stuff. Um, Two Gun Mojo was actually a pretty good read, the zombie one. Mm-hmm. You end up seeing him outshoot Wild Bill. Nice. Which I found satisfying. It's like when Sherlock Holmes and Batman teamed up that one stupid time. Yeah, but see, we we have a inner working for a while, Bill. Yeah, I know. He, he's our he's our buddy from somewhere else. 
Yeah, he's in other things we've been reading. Um, yeah, I don't want to rush them because I know that one for a fact was good. I don't think Mad Max would have been very good. And all of the original stuff still holds up. It's very gritty, proper Western adventure. Yeah. Um, but volume two of Jonah Hex is My Meat and Potatoes. That's the, that's the stuff right there. Um, it ran for 70 issues and was written by Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. Um, and we've, names we've heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, Palmiotti ended up working on the on the Harley Quinn and the Starfire and stuff. And I have theories about what Justin Gray was doing as far as ending story arcs, but I'm sure we've covered it before. Listen to our Harley Quinn episode, I think. I bet you I go into it then. Possibly. Mm. I don't remember that before. <laughs> Look, I struggle to remember what I did this morning, let alone, you know, yeah. a couple of months ago. Um, but what they were doing with Jonah Hex at this time was like a back-to-its-roots, hard-hitting western. It wasn't mystical. It wasn't... In, it wasn't Fallout New Vegas. It was at its roots a Jonah Hex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and to do that, they ignored the comics code. Yeah. Um, yeah. What these writers did to make it special with each arc was they had a different artist. Like, some were reoccurring, but it was broken up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it added to, like, the legend in a way. Like, Jonah is a campfire tale. Mm. All these stories dot Jonah's life in no order. He could be old in some, young in others. There could be rumors, truths, or lies. But that's the thing. Like, I mean, it didn't I matter. I like that. It, it suits the character really well. It does, and it means that they don't have to follow, like, a set story. Yeah. set story or anything like that like if they have an idea for something they can do it straight away they don't need to like write it down and hope that they're able to come back to that like further down the line so it makes the stories that they are telling way more you know interesting in that because it's stuff that they're interested in as it's going and it's nice clean beginning to end stuff like a good Junji Ito manga yeah. Or the Moon Knight we covered. Mm. Nice single issue, nice clean, we're in and out. People are coming back, not because they need to see what happened, but because it's a good product. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. That's like, as a writer, that's what you want to be able to do. And the problem that, you know, we have with a lot of things, TV and comic related, is that they have to meet like a certain set of episodes or something like that, that... You know, even this morning we were talking about um, how a lot of the fans Will were really annoyed with South Park. Oh, with their two-parter thing. Because they were doing their they show did on purpose. two-parter, but they made it take three episodes and still didn't give, like, a decent enough payoff. Yeah. Like... But they're doing know. that on purpose. I'm talking like the, will the heroes get out of this death trap? Will... You know, like, will the villain thwart them this time? Is this the end... Find out next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Mm-hmm. That sort of shit. You don't have to worry about that here. You you are here and you are having the adventure and you're good. What was... There was something else that we were talking about recently that... Oh, Scooby-Doo! How they used to... Yeah, go on. I, I know you're going to bring up um, Scooby-Doo Monster... Um, what's it called? Mystery Incorporated. That animated series? Yeah. I know a lot of people think that's good, and I'm sorry, but it's say, fucking terrible. I didn't say it was good or 
not. I just said that. I got rage flashbacks. I wasn't mad at okay. you. I was, I was, I was ready. I thought I because I know that. a lot of people defend it. It's just way I, not what I'm after. I thought I did that thing where you'd already said something and then I brought it up <laughs> again and you got mad at me because I have a tendency to do that. But what we were it's saying my, it's my was toxic masculinity clause in my own human. You're about um, to talk about what's new Scooby Doo. So they would. And it's cool, but I didn't at the same this. time, it's annoying. Well, we're in Australia, sure so we didn't get the real version. We got the you know the proper area, yeah. and we didn't get the fun so side. So apparently, of it. what they used to do is cut the episode right before they unmasked it. Hmm. As far as we knew, we were just getting the real episodes later and the DVDs, yeah. which I remember watching. As far as we knew, there was no difference. In the states, you could during the week it would take for the next episode. Vote for who you thought the person under the mask was. Yeah, and, they had forums and then that and was shit. the first five minutes of like the next episode. Hmm. That would drive me insane as a kid. Yeah. I needed that instant payoff of who is under the mask, right? It's just some old dude. I'm fine. Yeah. Turns out it's always an old dude, and we're not always fine. <laughs> if you go back and watch the first ever episode of Scooby Doo. They just crash a plane into the villain. <laughs> Look, that works. It's pretty good. No, Riven didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. All right. So after after that that volume, we ended up in the New Fifty Two, which brought back the All Star Western title. It was still Jonah Hex every single episode or issue, but mm. it, they brought back the old name. Um, it had a more ongoing thing. It was a mandate of the New Fifty Two. They had to follow shit it had to have crossovers despite being about 150 years in the past they still had to do a court of owls yeah poor bastards had to shoehorn that in armadeus arkham was there with him almost the entire time he went to the present to hang out with brewster gold and got left in gotham city and they plastic surgeoned his face the most iconic part of jonah hex and they're like ah get rid of it sucks (laughs) which is weirdly ironic because remember, Batgirl took her emblem off. I was about to say, it's like Batman not wearing the bat symbol. But they did do that. Yeah. But that was a Gail Simone thing. It was actually written really well. She was having, like, survivor's guilt about something, and she didn't feel good enough to wear the bat symbol. That was good. Okay. I almost picked on it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Power Girl lost her boob window, too. But <laughs> new 50- Harley pick one. Ah, New 52, ladies and gentlemen. Let's under-sexualize everything but Harley. Again, just just listen to my fucking Harlequin episode. I don't know. I don't need these flashbacks. Um, it took some of the magic away to force feed all these tie-ins and stuff to it, but it still had enough of that charm because it was still written by the same dudes and it brought Darwin Cook in a lot, which is always a preference of mine personally. Um, and that that's the title's publication history. He appeared. He's done. He's pretty much done like cameo level shit in Rebirth. There's nothing yet yeah but um that, that's his history history in publication and here's his history in that fiction yeah his character buyer um so jonah hex is a civil war veteran and bounty hunter mm-hmm. known across the old west for his reputation and scarred face yeah um he might be a gruff asshole but he has this really strong moral compass despite time he is in yeah Does that makes sense yeah, yeah i get you i mean sure he kills a lot and that would bug me if it was like a batman or something 
but it has like an error appropriateness to it that yes, I'm really fine worst. with. Yeah. You can get away with a lot more, I think. Um, his origin has sat still for the most part mm-hmm. since his creation. Well, I suppose no one's out here, like, no one's trying to fuck overly with touching him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. The face. Look, some parts get tweaked as it goes, but here are the facts for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, we have young Jonah, his ma and pa. Of course. Uh-huh. His father, Woodson, was all the staples of a piece of shit in a comic. Which is what you need. Mm-hmm. He had that stubble that made you knew he was an asshole. He was an alcoholic. He was a scumbag. He was abusive to his child and his wife, um, whose name was Ginny. Maybe that's why all Disney parents are dead. Because <laughs> all the parents in those eras sucked. Yeah. That's common up until, like, like John Wayne Gacy had bad parents. This is this just a fact of American history. Bad parents, usually. Yeah, and Disney's like, well, we could write them as an asshole, but we could just kill them. Just, let's just not talk about them. Get them out of here. Yeah. Aladdin, oh, no, Aladdin did have a dad. Mm, he did, eventually. Fuck you, man. VHS sequels, baby. <laughs> All right, but the, the point is, I think this gave... I mean, you've read a little bit of Jonah Hex now as a character. Mm-hmm. I think this left a, an actual impression on him, because I've seen how often, like... He steps in without fucking mercy when he sees a woman or a child getting sh- hassled by a shitty drunk dad or husband. Mm. Like, I've definitely seen him do that a few times, and it's us- it usually helps him. That's that's how you know he's not a dick character. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, he is very, like, rough and tumble and things like that. But, but his morale is set in stone. Compass. Like, oh, yeah. And he won't let. You know, um, one of the issues that I was reading, which I'm sure you're going to bring up, was, like, he planned to go out and kill this guy. He worked with him for, like, three weeks so that they could get another job done. And then was like, no, I don't care that you did the right thing in that one situation. You fucked up before. I was always going to kill you. Like, Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has rules i guess for his opinion on other people anyway yeah um on his 10th birthday his mother ran away nice i mean yeah good leaving woodson but unfortunately leaving poor jonah behind yeah um this didn't make his dad much nicer and i usually doesn't just in case you were wondering i've definitely seen him throw his 10 year old son into the shit pit under an outhouse for a night before Oh, nice. It was part of um, Jonah Hex Origins is the trade a lot of this comes from. Maybe too much, and it helps feed the legend because multiple origins are put in this trade. Weirdly, I probably don't mind. Oh, it fits him being the campfire thing. But, and that's that's the whole thing. Like, I kind of don't mind that he doesn't have a solid story. I was surprised a lot of it got set in stone because I like the idea of him just being a fucking legend. Yeah, and that's... I kind of like that feeling. You know when everyone's like, oh, the Batman's just a rumour in Gotham City. No one knows if it's real or not. It's clear as fucking day. He's there every night. They've got a bat symbol on the on the police building. Yeah. There's no proving a dude in 1870 
shot someone in Mexico and then someone else in Canada a year later. Yeah. No, I definitely... Like, He's like a Sasquatch. He's all rumors and hearsay. But that's the thing. Like, I get annoyed with other characters when there's too much, you know... Like how Wonder Woman gets shuffled and rebooted yeah, in her origin changes every that time. that drives me insane. Like, just pick one or two and stick to and it. And it sucks too when she's got good stories in each that contradict one another. Yeah. But for someone like Jonah, where it is kind of a, like, tails on the wind thing, yeah, I it, love it that. Yeah, it fits him so good. Yeah. Um, so, there is a gold rush out California way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Woodson decides to head on out for a piece of that fucking yellow rock, you know what I'm saying? Okay, on his journey, he finds himself a little bit lost and a little off the beaten path and on a patchy land. Mm, in order to be given a pass through, he they, he needs to give tribute. Yep. You know, he's patting down his pockets, he's looking through his shit. Hey, look at that. I got a 13-year-old boy right there. Boom, slave. What do you think about that, you guys? I like that that's... Do that laundry, huh? That's something. That's a good tribute. And then he leans over to his kid and is like, I'll totally be back. I'll I'll come get you later. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't worry. This is all part of my plan. Then he leans back over to the Indians and goes, there is no plan. You can have him forever. The plan is, there is no plan. Yeah. As far as plans go, there is no plan. Um, So... (laughs) While in the care of the Apache, Jonah learned about hunting, tracking, you know, all the stuff that makes him a good bounty hunter now, and all the labor and constant having to chop wood for these other people made him a little bit of a young beefcake. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's Captain America ripping the log. Well, that's a good thing. He had to use a tomahawk, which he became very proficient at. He does. That's his... um. Second weapon of choice? I want to say it's iconic, because every fucker has a gun in the Old West. Not a lot of dudes are carrying around the tomahawk like he does. Yeah. I want to say it's I his... do. I do like that it's just tucked into the back of his pants half oh. the time. You can cut this out, but it's kind of like his knot. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's what yeah. I get. Uh, Sam and Slim references everybody. Don't worry about it. But Kaya understands now. It's probably... It's his Harley Quinn hammer. I was going to say, is it more of a black blade? No. Nah. Yeah, because he can go without it for a while, though. But no, because no, no, it's without. not always the same tomahawk. Oh, okay. But it's his, it's his thing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, so for all the normal humans out there, it, it's just, you know, that's what, his weapon of choice. What other things you can explain it as? You know when you go through the stats in St. Andre's and it's like, this is the preferred weapon? Mm. It'll be a tomahawk for him. Which was good in point of view mode in GTA V. You just whoop a fucking... Batarang, nightsticks... Mm. Um, laughing fish. Look, we're talking Raphael's size. Alright, that's his thing. God, we're spending too much time on this. It's his weapon. He likes tomahawks. He got used to using them as a teenager with the Apache. Ha-cha. Yep. Um, one day while doing whatever the fuck he does, he hears a scream. Then he runs over to see who the commotion is, and it's the chief getting attacked by a puma. Um, Jonah cracks. Yeah, well, Jonah cracks the animal in the head with the tomahawk and saves the day. Woo, look at that! Becoming an official member of the tribe and not just a fucking glorified pet. Um, and he ends up getting the admiration of a um a girl there named White Fawn. Mm-hmm. All right. Obviously, she's a hot item in the tribe because we very soon meet Nontante, 
who is like the asshole son of the chief, right? This dick with he's he's got the privilege problems of like early Draco Malfoy or Yu Gi Oh's Kaiba. Mm. He's a dick. Mm. Is what I'm saying. Um, See, I was gonna make a, a like link here between Pocahontas, but the the her like tribe guy. He wasn't that bad. He was just you know. No, no one. Ironically, no one in that Pocahontas is as bad as pretty much any character in Jonah X, even yeah. the good ones and the bad ones. Um, yep, so Nontante and Jonah are sent on this little quiet, stealthy sort of mission together. They've both proven themselves to be very proficient. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them are to quietly sneak into another tribe's camp nearby and steal away their horses in the night. Nice. Right. Um, it's no big deal. It's just, a, it is what it is until Nontante uh, stabs Jonah in the thigh and just screams really loud before riding away with all the horses. Dick move. Ah, see what I mean. He is Dick. All appearances, he is Dick. Dick is he. Uh-huh. The man, the man, the myth, the penis. Um, this leaves Jonah to survive the attack from this tribe. Yeah. Miraculously, he does. Probably because he speaks Apache. No, no. This is a wounded leg and a tomahawk. That's it. <laughs> This is his fucking hallway scene, baby. It's okay. Um, this is like the Jonah Hex fucking hallway scene of Daredevil. This, it's not portrayed that way. A lot of it's done. It shows them coming and it shows them dead and him like crawling himself away. Nice. But I feel like it's a very intense moment for the guy. Um, especially Funny feel life usually is. Yep. Um, yeah, he leaves nothing but bodies in his wake, but he's he's already a ghost to his tribe. Nontante's gone back and gone, oh, he got killed by those other guys. Yeah. So he doesn't bother to return. He disappears like the ghost he pretty much is now. Yeah. As far as his mother goes, I don't know. As far as his dad goes, he's probably been eaten. Hopefully. I mean, no, they're, they're assumptions about Jonah. Oh. And now everyone who knows him assumes he was just destroyed and scalped by another tribe. So he just fucking goes on the wind. Why not? Yep. Um, he doesn't appear again until he rejoins, until he joins up with the United States Army. Um, he's a scout, and as an adult, there's a lot of... I like that there's a big blank year or so in there, you know? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's just in time for the Civil War. Just his luck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, his lo- if, if 2020 were a person. Yeah. His loyalty to the South, you know, found him stuck defending the right to keep fellow men in bondage. Given his history, he wasn't really fucking for that. You know, (laughs) fair enough. And much like him getting up people who are shit to their kids and their wives. Yeah. Him living and seeing that these Apaches are fucking humans too. He has a lot of problem with racism as well. Yeah. He's bugging his ass about that, which is fair. <laughs> but in a time and place when it's common. He's yeah. the unusual one. Yeah. Um, so at this point, the origin starts to break down, depending on who's writing it, what year it is. <laughs> like it, it depends on who's around. Yeah. Um, in some versions, he surrenders and just gives himself up to 
the North. I don't know Civil War. I'm an Australian. Um, or there's others where he joins a rebellion and he's like up against his own soldiers in a way. Like he's going up against the South. Um, at any rate, no matter what the origin is, he doesn't really like the idea of slavery. That part, <laughs> that part's fine. And he always keeps his um, Civil War attire. Like he's always dressed in the greys. Yeah, he is. I, 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 I didn't like pick up on that, but now that you say it, yes. I don't particularly know why, but yeah, it suits him. He looks cool in it. He cuts it. He cuts a nice figure. It probably, but that's the thing. It probably adds to the whole idea of him being a ghost because who's riding around like yeah. ten years after the Civil War? Forty. Okay. Um. So the inconsistencies in the story are for the iconic scar on Jonah's face. That's the part that always gets muddled. Of course. In a fashion that would make Heath Ledger's Joker blush. Yeah. Like the, do you know how I got these scars thing? It's very vague with Jonah. The canon origins are always different. And his answers are always bullshit. Like the toothpick slipped or cut myself shaving. Or damn, I bit the inside of my cheek and was too stubborn to stop. Like that sort of. (laughs) I opened an ass black. But yeah, it's it's all that stuff. He doesn't answer anybody. You normally, no matter what the origin is, it's usually a dark point in his life, and I can see why he doesn't really want to talk about it. I mean, he gets his face ruined. Hard to be positive. Yeah. Um. And it feeds into that whole legend thing that it's always a mix, and it gives the character of Jonah a literary freedom. Yeah. Which I like that. So, Scar Origin option number one. Feel free to pick your favourite. Okay. His rebellion gets brought down, and he is tortured and left in his example. His face is whipped to pieces, and he is tied up to one of those big torture board X's, mm-hmm. put on a raft, and sent downstream as a warning mm-hmm. to people who want to turn against the South. I can already tell you, no. I mean, it's not, yeah, well... He is fan. No, I'm like, I know that that's actually an origin story, but it's not my favorite. Not your um, He is found by a boy and his doctor father. They do what they can. His face is what it is. Um, eventually, the South fucking rain down on this guy's house. Not because they know Jonah's there, but they find it very quick when they cop tomahawks to the face. I don't know what you would make you think that that would be. I mean, he's still in his attire. <laughs> he's got a very recognisable head right now. But anyone could look like that. But yeah, <laughs> it could be anyone. And that's one of the origins, right? All right. Scar origin number two. Yeah. After leaving the war, he goes home to his tribe to reveal, hey, fuckers, look, I'm back. You know, bitch, I lived. Is mm-hmm. kind of the attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, Nontante is now... Chief. Dead. No, no, he's not the chief yet, but he is married to White Fawn. Oh, that's not very good. I don't know whether she approves of the choice, but what have you. Um, he's like, let's settle this, you fucking scrub bitch. Um... (laughs) Exact, uh, direct quote. It's definitely a let's settle this kind of thing. I'm summarizing, alright, getting a break. (laughs) Um... They have a fight to the death with tomahawks. He wants to do it by their books. So he takes, you know, their weaponry. 
a tomahawk that Nontante has already sabotaged because fuck it, why not? Of course. So when he goes to swing it, it just kind of like breaks off at the handle. Until he's he fucking serious. Him in the heart. Yeah. Well, he's still wearing his clothes, which has a knife in the boot. Oh, so cool. that goes from the boot into Nontante. You motherfucking asshole. See how you like it. He dies. Alright, he dies. Um, and the chief is like, look, I, you saved my life. I'll never forget that. We're even. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to take that tomahawk that, that you didn't use. It's on the ground over there. I'm going to sit it over a fire for the night. And I'm going to drive it into your face as a reminder of what you did. Never fucking come back. All right? I'm letting you go. I don't ever want to fucking see you again. And that's how he gets... That's another origin. I think that one's my favorite because it was the one I read. So it's the one that is fixated to me as the first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though both of those are within like like six issues of each other. Which I think they were doing on purpose to do that whole campfire legend stuff. Yeah. Because why would they do it so quick? Otherwise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it on purpose. Do you like that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got some lost love. We got some redemption. It's good. It's not necessarily... It's got some holes in it, but so does he. So, so does Nontante, <laughs> motherfucker. Get him. Yeah. All right. Bonus theory or origin. The movie origin. Okay, go. All right. In the 2010 movie starring Thanos and Cable's Josh Brolin in personally his best work. I'm sorry the movie was terrible and I'm sorry he hated it and I'm sorry it almost put him out of fucking comic book movies forever. He's really good at it. If you want to skip all the other shit, you can. Watch a compilation or something on YouTube. I don't know how, how you do it. It's kind of fun. I like him in it. He's good. It's very like Wild West. I mean, don't say that. Come on. I'm trying to sell people on it here. Don't say it's like Will Smith's Wild Wild West. <laughs> They had to Photoshop Will Smith's balls out of that movie. They did. Ha <laughs> ha! But it is kind of a little bit wild west. Because it's got that steampunk western. I mean, it's in 2010, so it can't help but have a little new metal in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, we're not talking about that now. We're going to talk about the movie itself. Like, the story itself, not the not the fact that it's a movie. Okay, origin. All right, Officer Quentin Turnbull assigns Jonah the task of burning down a hospital because it's full of those naughty jerks. Yeah. He's like, I uh, know. Yeah. Um, and there's like an altercation. Shit goes down. It's a little vague. Storytelling's not that great. Um, but Turnbull's son gets killed during the altercation. Yeah. And Jonah Hex disappears. Once the war's over, Quentin has some fucking, you know, debts to repay. He He's played by John Malkovich. And him and his sidekick, who is Michael Fassbender or Magneto, everyone's in this movie. It's really weird. Um... They capture Jonah, burn down his home with his wife and child locked inside, and then brand his face with a QT. Not because he is a QT, but it's Quentin Turnbull, the man who took everything from him. Well, he is a QT. He's not after he um, escapes. Um, he No, no, he doesn't escape. He is found by Native Americans who revive him with mysticism. And when he thinks Turnbull's dead, in brackets, he fakes his death in a hotel file to go away and develop a magical atomic bomb, I think, was the plot there. Um, but Jonah burns the brand off entirely, which is how the scar got really bad, is him tearing the old one away. Mm. He doesn't want the guy's initials. The, the film's a fucking strange ride, but there's your bonus origin. 
Do you have a preference out of these three? You've got uh, what is kind of a war crime. You've got okay. the one I, I like. And then you've got, uh, he was like a Native American Frankenstein a little bit. <laughs> That's why See? he can talk to that one dead guy. No, two dead guys. Which it's- is not a thing in any of the comics, by the way. He is not super powered. He is infamous. I know, I know this is not how this game works. Hmm. I like a combination of two, three. Of two and three? Yeah. How? I like the idea. It, it makes more sense that it's a tomahawk that burns him than it is a QT. It's both. It's both. They both have him melt. Well, the second one's him melting the QT off with a tomahawk that he's got over a fire. Exactly. So that's which I, kind of, you Which know, makes me think they read a panel. Of the origin, but just one panel. See, I feel like he need him just like I'm finished with the war. I'm going home to the family. Hmm. Seems weird. So, like, if you if you had the origin story from the movie, and then he goes to the thing and he's like, "Look, I kind of fucked up my face," and they're like, "Well, we can't really help you because shenanigans." Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm gonna go. Two, three, one. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, great. But holes. Okay. 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 Very good. Um, and that's about all you need to know because he's not steeped in origin. We're not having old friends and family come back. We do, but it's always like a sentence, be like long time no see, and it's just about the storytelling. It's not Joker. Yeah. Listen to parts one and two of our Joker's origins <laughs> because we actually didn't get into the character. We just did two episodes about his origins. I think it's one. No, I'm pretty sure it's two. Uh, at any rate, he's it's more about the storytelling than origins and canon and what have you. Um, yeah, it's it's all the it's all the tall tales of this man. Um, Kai, you've read and watched a few things. Um, anything you found that you like? Anything good? Anything you want to talk about? Um. Okay. I, I have started reading the stuff that Toby has downloaded for me. It's it's my comicsology, and a lot of people recommend it Face Full of Violence. I don't know if it's because it's the best. It's definitely the first of the Justin Gray Palmiotti run. I, ha- I have to admit, I haven't read a lot of it because chores. Yeah. Um, But it's, you know, you get a good feel for everything. Something that I have, I have heard, I, I have heard Toby, you know, talk a lot about, like, the different stuff that he's read, because... Issue 50 of the Palmiotti era yeah. is one of the only books I've definitely, like, shed a tear while reading, and it certainly left me depressed for a while. Yeah. But I just mean, that proves what a good storyteller it is, I'm a fucking sociopath, I don't normally do that. Yeah. I cried in Bolt, but I just had a dog die. So that's that barely counts. <laughs> I mean... Shut up. Look, I'm going to take any time you cry and just be like, Hiya! Great. Did you have any favourite moments? Like, like I the said, first I issue of that That first issue of the Palmiotti era has, like, animal cruelty, child cruelty... They leaned in and were like, yeah, we're not doing the code thing no more. 
But it also came off as like a good detective story. Well, I, mean, I like that it's not just cowboys and Indians. It's, I mean, he's a tracker and a bounty hunter, so it works. But yeah. it, it, that's what I mean. It works. But that's the thing. He gets hired to go and find someone. Like that's legitimately how the story starts. And I liked that he didn't take the money at the end. That was nice of him. It's very fairy tale. Because he brought back a fucking body, not a living person. <laughs> I well, yeah. Um, but it's fine. Did you like the second issue? I liked the second issue. That was a good one. That was a nice quick adventure. I didn't get up to it. Well, there's there's some good moments in it. He is so I, I like how I like how it all starts off too. Like this gang of fucking I don't know Red Dead Redemption looking motherfuckers come into town because one of them used to live there and knows that the cross in the little Mexican church is solid gold, but just painted to look like silver over the top. You know, so people don't steal it, but he already knew that. Yeah. So they steal it. <laughs> um, the priest gets shot in the chest and he runs in to the... What do you call it? It's certainly not a hospital. It's one room, but it's the medical person of the town. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, they fucked up. You've still got that bounty hunter and Jonah Hex is in the bed <laughs> being bandaged because he's just had some other fucking adventure. And he's like, what happened? <laughs> like, they shot me in the chest. I'm dying. Um, they took the cross. Y- yada, yada. And he's like, all right, well, I'm having this adventure now, I guess. <laughs> and him and the chick medic, they go. And they go to Iron Town, I think it was. No, Silverton, which is the town that all these guys came from. It's pretty much an evil town. <laughs> the guy running it and the guy in charge of the silver mine is in charge of the dudes who just stole all that shit. And... That's a pretty clean setup. Doesn't take long. It's it all fits in the issue. Yeah. There's some great moments of them. The town doesn't have a bank, so the next safe place to keep the cross would be in the jail. It's in one of the cells. So there's gonna be tonight. There's gonna be a jailbreak. And then you got Jonah Hex stealing all the dynamite out of the store mm-hmm. while having the chick medic. Walk by the windows in their hotel room, topless, to keep this the guy watching them distracted. It works. I like that he pays for the matchbox, not the dynamite, because he'll be using them to smoke personally. They're not part of his little quest, yeah. so he pays for those. Again, his weird moral is very black and white, but it's it's a zigzaggy shape, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird, like... He clearly He's understands his, like, rules, mm. but to anyone else, you're like, how do you... Wait, and he never has... What? There's never a lot of narration either. It's all written storytale style. It's not like Bruce figuring shit out in his head and it's written down. It's Yeah. It's, you just kind of go... With you're it. along for the ride, which is kind of great. Yeah. And he's, like, laying out the TNT to blow the fucking jail apart. And the chick gets captured, and one thing leads to another, and him and the mayor of the town, which is the leader of the gang, he's, they're like, we're going to see you hung, and he's like, pussy, let's have a shootout. And he's like, he's like, I ain't yellow, or whatever it is cowboys do. Like, it's been a while since I've seen Back to the Future 3, which is the only cowboy movie I've seen. That's <laughs> a lie, we, we watch Jonah Hex. I don't even want to count that, there's... There's a lot of woods and trees and shit. It's not a very deserty movie. It's been funnier. He goes to the fucking White House in that movie. He does. <laughs> um, 
And they go to have their shootout and he fucking... They hand him a gun and it's got one bullet and he's like, thanks. <laughs> and, he, and he goes and fires and he he completely misses. And, and the dude's like, you missed. He's like, I am missed. In his, you know, southern drawl that he talks in. And he hits a gas lamp and the fire just blows apart half the fucking town. Because <laughs> it just sets off all the dynamite and stuff. Yeah, and, they, and they have their sweet jailbreak and their escape and the... The, the mayor gets fucking killed and all the townspeople just rush to the silver mine, which immediately collapses on all of them. As you do. And he's, and it, the chick's like, oh, they all got crushed. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck them. You know? And that's the end of the adventure. But, like, it's a good example. It's got good setup. The storytelling's solid. All the action feels fast-paced and exciting. Despite being, it's a shootout usually every fucking time because it's old quest is what it is. I mean, you know, if they weren't getting hung, they were being shot. But yeah, it does it in such a good way where you're like, I know it's small, but I could watch this as a small movie. Yeah. It has that cinematic fucking style to it. Funny that you should bring up small movies. Mm -hmm. Because I might not have read an awful lot of Jonah Hex, but I did watch an awful lot of Jonah Hex. That's right. Um, and I'm not just talking about the terrible 2010 movie. Which we're not really talking about, but we've definitely seen it, because I have it. Look, I, it wasn't that bad of a time. I mean, it wasn't Fox great, not, but it wasn't that bad. That's time. not my Tallulah. But I, I demand she gets her own episodes. We'll come back to it, if anyone's listening and a mad fan of Jonah Hex. It's coming. Um, Email us. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if there's another fan out there. We'll hang out. We'll find a cosplayer that's... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Um, so, Warner Brothers for a while back there were doing a lot of animation on their website. Back before, it was just YouTube and eBay and there was, like, no other websites. And people actually went looking for shit. Newgrounds. Uh, best score, I guess, if you like. But websites aren't really a thing anymore, are they? Not really. Um, well, Warner Brothers used to do a lot of short animations, and they did a lot of motion comics. Yeah. Which is where this book comes in. They also did a little animated short of Jonah Hex, but we didn't really watch that one. No. I'm, I missed the shit out of it, and I wish they would do it again. It doesn't affect their overall movies. It shows passion for characters. I'm sure they're not expensive to make, because they're all like five minutes long. It'd be nice to see some attention paid to it. Yeah. You've mentioned on the podcast before, their Dead Man animated shorts are one of your favourite things ever. They're so good! They're cute as a button. He's got his little crow friend. Yeah, he's trying real hard. He's adorable. Uh, I'm recommending that right now. Have have a look if you've never seen or heard of these before. Um, All of these ended up on a uh, Beyond the Lot YouTube channel. But there was a bunch of motion comics. They were... It was um, Two Gun Mojo, five parts, Mm -hmm. and there were two others which were the original run. Jonah was voiced by Jim Cummings, Winnie the Pooh, baby. He's so good. He's good in the role, I'm surprised. He's a very amazing man. I don't know, when you're like, I'm like, I recognize that name and I Google it in the first pictures of Winnie the Pooh, I'm like, huh. I have met him and he is sweet as honey. Fucking goddamn Winnie the Pooh jokes. Um, yeah, what do you want to... He is, though. Did you like the ones you saw? Yes. I like motion comics. They're good. 
Well, I, I thoroughly you enjoy watched, motion comics. You watched Hanging Woman? Yes. That's a good one. It has a lot of good... It, it shows his morals a bit. It, it his protective of children. Him a lot. Yeah, but it's not just children. Like, he's very protective of... People. Where he sees justice. Mm. Like, he'll... If you ask him to do a job, he'll do the job. He's usually very reluctant unless that. you're paying. But well, chances are he will get curious. He will usually get curious and have a look anyway, you know what I mean? Um, but that's the thing, like he he's happy to do the job, but if he finds out any information while on that job, he'll follow it up. Hmm. And that episode particularly is really good about showing how he will follow things. Yeah. And that lady dies. That's good. Yeah, because she's a bit of a bitch. Um, I said it. Are you? Do you have any final thoughts on Jonah Hex as a character? I'd like to do some more like story arcs and stuff with him later on. Yeah, but I like we we were due for a character profile, and he doesn't he doesn't get nearly enough credit. I don't think whether it's the movie or the fact that it's a cowboy and it's sort of played out. Yeah, but him as a character, it doesn't fucking matter. There could be a snake in his boot, and it's it's fine. Yeah. Because it just it's good to read Jonah. I feel that. Mm. However, I don't think he would end up with a snake in his boot. You know what I mean? He's it a could very be, it could be cowboy. I mean, that's the cowboy shit. No one knows or cares no more because it's a play out genre. Mm-hmm. Shall shall we homework it? Mm-hmm. So, Toby, you and I were about the motion comics. Yeah, the ones we watched were good. We ended up watching a lot of the Batman black and white ones because they translate really well to that shit. They do. So I wondered, because I couldn't ask you which's the best anti-hero because the Jonah Hex is the fucking answer. We, we can't say Venom every time, let's be honest, everybody. Come on. There's other anti-heroes. Like Al Bundy. I don't know how he ended up on that list. <laughs> what I like about him is he's an actual anti-hero. He's not just a gun-licking, fucking boring 90s character, like the Punisher of the Red Hood, he's... He's got... He's an anti-hero because he has his own justice. Yeah. But it's a justice that I can understand and believe in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's done well. So he's my favourite anti-hero. I can't do best cowboy movie. Because... Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> so... I'm I was, so glad I was that th- you didn't go with... Um... I was going to say, who, what's your favourite voice actor... For Jonah Hex, that's how desperate I was getting. He's been in League of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He had Jim his movie, Cummings. and then yeah, I was gonna say Jim Cummings, and I was like, why don't we talk about motion comics? Yeah, we watched a few, and they're great. Are there any you would have liked to have seen before that trend came and went silently in the night over the course of six months, and no one seems to know what happened to it, even though it was really cool. It's really cool. Okay, I know this is kind of a dud answer, so it's not my final answer. Okay, <laughs> great. I think Comey would make a good motion comic. Well, well, I mean, if because anyone I heard last week's like the... episode, we were trying to figure out how to make Comey can't communicate yeah. into an animated series or an anime in a way that would still work. And I don't know if that would, unless all the narrations are read and just treated as fact. Yeah. I mean, I could see it, that It happening. still wouldn't work well, but I think it would work better than like a show. Hmm. Because and which makes me wonder what Uzumaki is going to be like when that comes out on Toonami. Yeah, because that's all black and white and treated 
in the art style. It'd be cool if that ended up a motion comic style. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to wait and see for that did, one. did you have a backup answer, or did you only have your good answer? I have an answer. Okay. Do you, do you want to have There's plenty I'd like to see. Uh, look at my shelf. I, I like motion comics. They remind me of I the like villains... Do you remember when there was like five music videos of Queens of the Stone Age and they were all merged together into a video called like Clockwork and it's all drawn motion comic style and it's really nice to look at and visually stunning? I want to say yes, but I also want to see it again to confirm my yes. You, you know when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that kind of sells me on it a little bit too. I would like to see almost anything treated in a motion comic style, but mm. but my definitive answer would be the Warren publications era like late 60s early 70s vampirella mm-hmm. i think black and white art translates really well yeah i see that and i feel like that art if done properly could translate really well and it would be nice to have some vampirella at anything frankly she had a movie in the 90s but i even i'm reluctant to click that thing that's how b-grade we're talking that's deep for me. I liked Cool World, and I'm not sure about click, about watching that thing. Mm. So that would be cool to see. Especially if such a legacy character. Yeah. She's survived many a comic publication house, which is very iconic, but there's nothing. It's a bit like the Rocketeer episode we did. That would be cool to see motion comic. I wanted to go with something black and white, because after watching the Batman ones, I was like, it... See, I'm, I'm not as I'm not as dedicated to the black and white as you are. I think maybe it's just the art. Batman black and white are really pretty. I wish I'm not <laughs> like. Which clearly, might be making me buy statues. That's yeah. we've clearly got like a system there, mm. and you know, black and white with an accent color is clearly my jam. Yeah, but I don't know. I just you want something with color. It doesn't have to have colour, but I'm not as, like, purist. Because... I don't want to waste anything too good as a motion comic, too. I think it's a good way to spot, like, quiet things. Like Jonah mm-hmm. Hex. Or the Batman Black and Whites. Nothing too action-heavy. But something yeah. nice where you can look at the art and listen to the voices. It's a little ASMR, but with your eyes as well. Yeah. Which I think Vampirella would translate to. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you have any good answers or are you happy with yours? I don't know because I'm... Now that you kind of point out that, and it's not like I was going to sit there and be like, oh, I want this, you know, really amazing. Someone made a really amateur one to and a music video, like a shitty little personalized music video of Zombie Tramp, which I kind of like. <laughs> of course. But it's just, um, you know, it's just a cover song and just like a couple of panels animated. Which I appreciate. It looks cool. Well, and but I don't know thing, if I like, want her to be used only for that. So, um, you know, one of the ones that I thought of was Disney's Pocket Princess. Because it's known as being still images, but they have such a story to them. So they have this really nice art that, you know, I think if it's done in that motion comic way... It fits it being more snapshotty. Like, so, you don't need that flow between yeah. panels. It's a little more like art than animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
at the same time, you know, if it wasn't done by the right voice cast, see, it that's would, the thing. It's, it's too like distinct. They, they did. People. They did a Batman Mad Love motion comic, mm. and it's not Arlene Sorkin, and I don't think Mark Hamill's there, and it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as it doesn't hit. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think the thing that... It'd be good on mute with some like cool music. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think the thing that works so well about the motion comics that we do have are that they are voiced correctly mm-hmm. and the music builds correctly and things like that. And I would rather not see one than see one that's not got that system. Because it's such you a... You want simpl- to see a good one. Because it's such a simplified, you know... You don't have that motion because it is just, you know, kind of clipping of the art together. Be- like, you need to have – it's such a simplified thing that you need to have every single thing hitting on point in order to make it as good as it is. So, I don't know. I keep changing my mind. So, I'm just going to go with Comey for now. But I might update you on Facebook or something. Okay. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's you. I would say try a new book because you'll never know which one's pop for you. You don't know which ones are going to be good. Try something new, see what happens. Uh, take a look at the Beyond the Lot. It's not just Jonah X. There's a few others in there. And they're, they're pretty great. I like them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Try something new. Motion Comics will rise again one day. Like the South and shit. Um, I've been Toby Paul. I've been Kyle. Um, and hey, howdy. What's the opposite of howdy? Like the goodbye one. Happy trails, everybody. Class dismissed. I love you.